Mike and Paige. We're college sweethearts. We live in the Nashville area. We have four flippin' amazing kids and a bonus teenage niece of ours. (laughs) Uh, We love a really great story and we really love a good podcast. And though though we thought we'd start our own, this is Laugh So You Don't Cry. All right, guys. So uh, today's intro story um, is one we've had for a really long time. It's, gosh, when did this happen? We were like... We were dating, but not engaged. Not engaged. So the first like 10 months, whatever, of 12 months. So me and Paige back in Spokane, Washington, the 509, what up? We used to go to Spaghetti Factory all the time because at that time in Spokane, there was literally like Red Robin, P.F. Chang's, and... Spaghetti Factory. Also, I genuinely do like this. Oh yeah, it's factory. phenomenal. It's it's one of my top ten favorite restaurants easily. Um, what does that say about you? It says. <laughs> it says what does I'm, that say about me, <laughs> guys? Just don't judge us, okay? This is the life that we choose to live. <laughs> Listen, I, I love it. I mean, the first nine restaurants are all hoity-toity, so whatever. <laughs> and then uh, Spaghetti Factory. <laughs> um, so me and Paige went there all the time, and. <laughs> She often paid, <laughs> which we talked about this in the prior episode. But this time, um, I mean, we're just now like 10 years into our marriage, like to a place where we're arguing better. Still not. We I mean, don't, I think in the last three years we've been yeah, working on it. Oh, 100%. We don't argue anywhere as much as we used to. There, When we first got married, we used to be like, man, we made it through a whole day without arguing. Like, And that was and they like, were like... Everything was a knockout drag out. Like yeah. everything was like, this is the hill I will die on. Yeah. Like, I, I, or I'm going to murder you on has, top of this hill. <laughs> yeah. Mike has dulled me for sure. I oh, mean, yeah. he just wore me out. He's just so I've been slowly exhausting. poisoning you for years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just, we've grown up. We've matured. Yeah. So, we went to a whole lot of counseling. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I could have bought like a Mercedes at this point with that counseling money. Um, we got into an argument sitting at the spaghetti factory and who knows what the argument is about. That is irrelevant for at real. this point. So at one point, like, so I, it's at the end of the meal and I'm like, you know, I want a dessert. So I ordered a dessert and then I was like, Oh, and a cup of coffee. Cause spaghetti oh, factory had no, really no, good no. coffee. Rewind. Rewind. We got into an argument. Yeah. And then the argument got heated. The argument got heated. And I was like, you know what? I'm leaving. Oh, I didn't order dessert before that? No. No, sir. No, sir, you <laughs> did not. speaks to me so much more. Okay, so yeah, so we got into the big argument, and she's like... I was like, like I'm just going to leave. You're like, like, you're like, so she gets up and just storms out. And my assumption is, is that she's going to leave, or she's going to go wait outside or something. And I'm like, well, if you're going to be so stubborn to lead this conversation, I'm going to be more stubborn, <laughs> and I'm going to order a cup of coffee and a piece of pie. Well, he did pay for this one because I left. I did pay for this one. Luckily, I had enough money for that. Um, So I sat there, and my pie came. and Finished his (laughs) dessert, and then he finished his coffee. And uh, I sat there, and I sat there, and I I kept kind of waiting for it to come in. No, it's not going to come back in. um, So then I was like, well. Which just speaks to how bad we were at fighting. Yeah. So I went to my car. I went straight to my car. I knew where I parked it. It, it was street parking. and It's like right around the I corner. Just like, yeah, right around the corner. And we were sitting right up next to a window. And so where I was parked, I couldn't see Mike. But I did, like after 15 minutes, I drove. 
and I did a roundabout or like a I went across like down a street block. It was all there's all a lot of one ways around yeah, there. Yeah, so. a circle of a street block, you know. And I didn't see him in the window, and I was like, "Where did he go?" Because he didn't come to me. <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, maybe I missed him." Like, so I did another round yeah. the street corner. And so I block. I'm I I'm walking out, and I walk to the corner, and the car's gone, and I'm like, "Wow, okay, so she left. Cool." So then I turn around, and mind you, it's the way the way I'm walking, it's it goes over an underpass or under an overpass, and. So we missed each other because of the overpass, because of the big pillars, you know, or whatever. So I walk and walk and walk, and I'm like, all right, I'm at this, I'm, I'm a big fat guy. I'm not walking back, what, four and a half miles back to my apartment or my house. So I was like, so I called a cab, and I got a cab to take me home. So after my like seventh round of this street block where I'm going one way and then another way and then another way and another way, straight, just. Tr- Trying to find Mike. Cannot find Mike. I'm like, where'd this guy go? And then I was like, I guess he walked home. And so I went, drove the route that I would think that he would walk home. Didn't find him. <laughs> I go, so Mike was an RA of a house. Trevor, if you're listening, I still apologize. Uh, oh, man, so, so much. I went to his house and I was like, is Mike here? And the guys upstairs had no idea that we were fighting. And they're like, yeah, he's in his room. Like, he's downstairs. Go. And like, him, there was four guys that lived downstairs, two to a room. So I go to Mike's door and his roommate comes out to the door and he's like, no. <laughs> I was like, cool. I'll sit downstairs until Mike comes out. And he was like, Page and I was like, I'm doing it, Trevor. I'm doing it. <laughs> so, Trevor Gurin was a great, roommate. super great. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I stubbornly sat in my room and just sat forever. There and just sat there. I, I mean, it like, may have I, been 45 minutes, and it was like, it just shows how bad we communicated. Oh, absolutely. Like it's nobody, terrible. no nobody. Like you were on the aggressive, and I was like, "I'm you left me. I'm gonna make you sit and like have to wait." And but I didn't leave you. You didn't. You didn't. And it's just all about like a mis, like just hundred percent pure miscommunication. Yep. <laughs> um. Thankfully, guys, we have learned to fight better. We had an argument yesterday. And I was like, "Well, are you going to resolve this?" <laughs> <laughs> and now we, we now we actually talk things out. We do talk things out. We have gotten better, but you know, it just shows you that how much you need the Lord's goodness in your life. You really need the Lord to refine those edges off of you. Because I can joke that that's Mike all day, but it's really yeah. the Lord. Well, and, and and also it shows like how selfish and prideful we are. Oh, you know, because I just held on to that and it was like I thought I was 100% in the right like nowhere did I see any fault of my own <laughs> and like like what had transpired was now bigger than the argument itself so oh, like, yeah so like who cares about the argument but like do we still got to resolve the argument <laughs> do we ever resolve that argument we don't even know what it was about so we could resolve it today but we don't know if oh. we'd have resolved it well you were right and I was wrong and I'm sorry oh. On our wedding day, our pastor said something about whoever can admit that they're sorry first. Or they're wrong. Wins the argument. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was I win. Fun. Well, guys, thanks for listening to that long, old school story from We refer to it now as the Great Spaghetti F- Factory Fight. The Great Spaghetti Factory Fight. Yeah. 
So um, this podcast is a little different <laughs> than um, other podcasts. Typically what it looks like when we record a podcast is we sit down, we turn the mics on, whatever happens, happens, and we publish that night. Um, this podcast was recorded five, maybe six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of it, we started an argument. So <laughs> I, I would say like in the first like two minutes, it was like, oh, well, intentions oh. thick. Um, so just know that this is different. Um, also, we stopped recording at one point and I said, I refuse <laughs> for you to say that on um, a platform where uh, people can listen to it because I think words are really powerful and I don't want to give the enemy a foothold um, in anyone's life. So um, what has happened since then? Uh, there will be a part in this podcast where we stop and then we'll explain. But um, just know that this this podcast is different than this all episode. the other. Yeah, this, this Yeah, this, sorry. This particular episode is different than all the rest. Yeah, so um, when we sat down to do this episode, it was after... I had done the Don't Leave Mike Alone episode by myself, um, which, you know... uh, That was like around Thanksgiving time. Yeah. So then we had published that. And uh, I had been struggling with apathy for a long, long, long time, on and off for years, but um, really bad. And so after that episode by myself, I was like, we should really talk about this because this is kind of the biggest issue in my life right now. Um, And so we, we sat down to do it and... Our intentions were really good, I think. Um, yeah, it, it, apathy is a conversation in our home that has caused a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Um, because Mike feels like I've never been apathetic. And I'm like, no, I know what apathy is. Um, but he didn't feel like I, in in true Mike, I'm the only one who feels this. Well, also <laughs> because Paige is such an upbeat person. Sure. It, it does, I, like, yeah. The way apathy often, not always, and it's, you know, not... St- the only way it can present itself is with depression is with like, looks like downcast and right. you know, the way that it presents itself isn't always typical for everybody else. And so, and she, I'm you know, I, I can only see past, you know, I can barely see past myself and I'm apathetic. So I'm like, right. this is how I, I'm, I'm looking. She looks nothing like it. So she has no idea what I'm going yeah, through. But if I'm like normally unbelievably exuberant, my apathy might just be chill. You know, yeah, could and be, yeah. so like that, that, you know, it's, it's to each person, but yeah. all of that to say, um, man, the Lord is faithful to do a work. Um, when we ask him and are willing to be participants and recipients, um, and anyways, uh, this is our story. So thanks for listening guys. Uh, now we're going to put in the part where the original, we, audio, the original audio from, from five from- weeks <laughs> We got into a huge fight. And guys, you can literally feel the tension tension. in it. So enjoy. Um, So enjoy. And then afterward, we're going to talk about it again. And so, yeah, love you guys. Enjoy. First of all, I'd like to say that we released a podcast on uh, gossiping and no one has reached out about it. So I guess we all need a support group for how ashamed we are that we all gossip (laughs) and how much it hurts our souls and the Lord's heart. It's okay. We're in this together. Y'all can reach out about, you know. Your addictions and your fallings, but you ain't going <laughs> to reach out about gossip. <laughs> about gossip. Mm, oh, man. Can't do that. That's, dude, let me tell you, because we all do that one. Because it's so deeply rooted. <laughs> Except for me, I don't do that one. Yeah, never. Um, okay, so we released Mike's story, that he, Mike's podcast that he um, 
he recorded his by himself. And this kind of piggybacks off of that. Um, today we're just going to be talking about apathy and what apathy just does to you, how it looks in our lives. Um, I think we'd all be lying if we'd say we've never struggled with apathy. Um, for me, apathy came in really strong when I made the transition from single to married and even stronger when I became a mom. Hmm. And I really? just, I didn't know how to do anything because I'm entering the new season of motherhood, but I didn't know how to make time for the Lord or what that looked like. Um, and so that was a really apathetic time in my life trying to figure out motherhood while also being a um, being a believer and trying to pursue this relationship with the Lord. Hmm. Um, if so, first off, the podcast that we put that we posted where I was just sitting, <laughs> I literally made a fire and made some coffee and sat at my recliner and set up everything and did it there. And it was a very like uh, somber. somber. You know, the lights were dim, like. Very much so, <laughs> like, in my, you know, emotions. Y'all um, all need to go and, like, listen to something happy after that podcast. It was, and, so and it was so sad. It was so sad and so scattered, too. But um, I just needed to process. And now that I've processed, I'm still processing. Like, it's not done. Um, I just really felt led to do a, a podcast about uh, apathy. And because it's really affecting our lives right now. Um, I think we'd be lying to say that believers in general, if you call yourself a Christ follower, that you don't also struggle with apathy at times. Yeah. I don't know anyone, not a soul, who does not struggle with apathy at some point in their lives. Well, that's one thing, too. Like, why don't we, like, know that? I mean, like, why is it that, if that's true... Why, like, n- nobody talks about that. Like, no, n- nobody... I'm, I, like, when I go to church on Sunday... And I'm sitting in my community and I see it and I look around and I see people mm-hmm. like my assumption is that no one there is apathetic. Well, if I'm going to be really bold here, I would say it's the same reason why we hear people's stories of like they've overcome porn addiction. They have uh, cheated in their marriage and they're still together because God is restored. And I say, my gosh, you have such an incredible story of what God's done in your life. Would you come on to our podcast and share it? And they're like, no. Hmm. No, because there's a part of us that doesn't want to share our failures. Yeah. A lot of us. Yeah. Um, And I think that's why people resonate so much with our story is because we are very open about every failure in our lives. Um, But I would challenge you guys, like, God gives us these stories so that we can turn around and help the person below us who is going through the same story. And the only reason, the only way that people know to that you're going through the same thing is if you open up your mouth and share that you're walking through this. So I think, Mike, the reason why you don't know other people are struggling with apathy is out of pride from everyone else and out of pride from yourself of not sharing. Hmm. Because when people open their mouth and talk, that's when we truly do community and life together. When I think... I think that that is very, very true. Um, and I think that's, I would say, a majority of it. Um, what I'm experiencing and have been experiencing for a very long time is 
seclu- is is the seclusion that comes with being apathetic. Um, but and, to that, I would say, you remember when you went out to lunch with your friend and you had every intention of talking about how apathetic you were, mm-hmm. and you didn't. Mm-hmm. And the same that friend didn't talk about. And he knew what was going on, and he didn't bring yeah. it up. Yeah. So, I mean, there again, it plays into that. Oh, it does. It really does. Um, but there's all, I mean, it does, but it's so, being a Christian and being apathetic, the culture around Christianity and the culture around church is not one of apathy, and it's not one where... The culture of Christianity and the culture of the church is not one of apathy. And it's not one of sadness. And for somebody who is is more, I would say, who who's in touch with their emotions and who, who is, who can be sad and angry and happy and all those feelings, I mean, if we look at the... The songs we sing at church right. are all skippity doo like joyous. joyous. The sermons are challenging, and they're joyous and uplifting and encouraging. Um, the community is only wants to focus on the good for the most part, you know. So when everyone around you and everything around you is like is bright and you're and you're dark, that's secluding. And, okay. you know, like, it just walks let's go back to the basics. Like, apathy is a feeling of pensive sadness, typically with no obvious cause. And I guess I'd call it pensive sadness, but the real part about that is the no obvious cause. Like, I've been trying to figure that out. Like, why am I so apathetic? Mm. Why am I so apathetic? Why am I so apathetic? Like, what is it? Oh, is there is... So I'll blame it on something. Like, oh, well, you know, my antidepressants are off or I'm tired or, you know, I said a hard week or, you know, like I start blaming things. But the problem is, is that it can't always be everything or something like something can't always be causing it. And sometimes I'm just apathetic and I don't know why. Like the kids can be great. I walk in the house, kids are like, ah, so happy to see me. Dinner could be made. Had a great day at work. Everything is phenomenal. But I still just don't really care. Mm-hmm. And really, it's, it's, it's starting to feel like hopelessness and lack of drive. And what's, evolve, what's evolving into now is I'm getting frustrated with myself because, you know, like, I'm I'm still part- participating. Like I don't want to be secluded. Like you know, so I'm. We're going to our small group. We're enjoying our community. We're doing things with other believers. You know, we're enjoying church. We're serving in the church. You know, like we're praying with our kids. We're talking about Christ with our kids. Like we're I'm, we're doing all this. Like you know, all these things that like hopefully would like I'm, I'm doing all these things to make me feel or to put myself in a situation where I wouldn't be apathetic. And I'm going through these motions, and it it's making me very frustrated with myself. And I would even say like, it's, it's a self hate due to a lack of vibrancy 
in my faith, what would appear to be vibrancy in my faith. Because I see all these people and everybody I'm around and all the things I'm surrounded by almost have this like shimmer or they're like the, uh, the appearance of, of closeness with the Lord, closeness with the Lord. Yeah. Vibrance in their faith. I, so this is in full transparency, a conversation that Mike and I have on the daily Mm -hmm. And the the things that I keep saying haven't changed because Mike's behavior hasn't changed. But something that I keep saying to you, love, is, of course, you feel this way. You're stuck in that cycle. You're stuck. Your behavior is not changing. You're not spending more time in God's Word or spending more time pursuing Him or giving up other things to pursue your relationship with the Lord. You are now just making yourself guilt, feel guilty without changing your actions. And so it like goes back to that, what's the saying about repeating the same thing and hoping that the actions are different? Like that's the definition of insanity. Hmm. It's like you are causing yourself to be distraught, but you're also not using that as a catalyst to... Pursue God and watch what happens. Because scripture is very clear. If you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. That he is a gentleman. He's not going to burst down a door. He's going to ask for you to, to, to pursue him. And then he comes. And I think that a lot of times you crack open a Bible, read a verse, and you're like, well, where's God? Well, I don't know. He's probably not there when you're watching Games of Thrones or American Dad or whatever that show is that you watch or, you know, never listening to music that edifies the Lord or or pursuing holiness on your own. Like this is the fruit of what you're doing. You can't sow destruction and then wonder why your life looks like this. True, but then what is the so then what is the magic equation? There I, isn't a magic no, 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 because I, I, I want because I want the Lord. I want okay, so okay, but then what does that look like? So I need I need to write this down so I know how many verses to read, how many hours to give up. I think that's being what, really legalistic, and I I'm, think I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm trying yeah, to figure it, it out. You, no. Yeah, it is because you're like that is so manipulative of the Lord of like. Okay, so I'm going to read 26 verses because at 25, you're not here. So at 26, is that the magic number, God? Is that it? Is that it? That's so unbelievably hurtful to the Lord. I can understand. I can understand how that can look that way, but understand where I'm coming from, where it's like, I feel, I feel like I'm atrophied. Like I'm, I'm, I'm literally on the floor broken. It's like a vase falls and shatters all over the floor and someone is telling that vase, well, of course you're shattered. Look at you, put yourself right there at the edge. Now here's what you got to do. You got to put yourself back together and dedicate yourself to being away from the edge so that way you won't be near the edge and then you'll be safe. You'll be in this place of, of wholeness and secureness. Don't no, hear me out because. But you're committed to misunderstanding because I would love to talk and you want to I'm, hear me out. I, I, it's not that. 
I'm asking, you're telling me that, that okay, if you're, you're telling me all these steps that to, to do. And you've never done it once, even though we've had this conversation for months, if not a full year. But I have tried. You've tried in that you did it for just a moment, and then you're like, nothing happened, deuces. I would say it's been longer than a moment. And I guess my frustration also comes in where me saying, okay, well, what what is the secret sauce? What is the equation? What is the times I have to do it? And you say that that's selfish and hurtful to the Lord, which I, I can see that. But what I'm saying is it's also hurtful that I'm, I'm literally ripping my flesh off trying to just do the five, ten minutes. I don't think you're ripping your flesh off, and that's the point. And that's apathy. And that, and, and that is a whole part of this. Because what is five to ten minutes for me in, in, that, in that moment of melancholy and, and apathy is... is so hard. Yeah, it is so hard because you're beating your flesh into submission, as Scripture tells you mm-hmm. to do in Corinthians. Yeah. And that is going to be painful. It's going to be painful to submit your flesh to the Holy Spirit, but it's our calling to do it. It's always going to be painful. There's never a time where it's bright and sunshiny. There's never a time where everything is incredible. There's just not. Then I would say that I, that, that that is, and you're right. I agree with you that it's not always going to be that way, and it's very frustrating because everybody has their heads so far up their butts, and they make it appear that way. Well, that is a church culture problem, and me and you can be the first to change that. You're right, but and that part of that is having this mic on and people <laughs> being in the middle of an argument with us. It's not an argument. Oh, it's an argument. <laughs> I think. The only way that you can beat atrophy and apathy is by submitting your flesh to the Spirit. And and if you are pursuing the Lord and you don't feel anything, pursue more. And, And first of all, we can't rely on our feelings. My gosh, if I relied on my feelings for our marriage, I would have been out a day after we got married. On our honeymoon, guys, we took a 10 day honeymoon. Mike and I are extreme extroverts. We cannot be in a room by ourselves for 10 days. We about killed each other. Mm. Um, If I relied on our emotions, we wouldn't be married anymore. And in the same way, you cannot let your feelings of whether or not God is close to you dictate whether or not you pursue him. And so I don't think that that's why I think the equation thing is so dumb because you can't, you can't do it. Like, for some person, it's going to be four days of nothing but the Lord. And on the fifth day, he shows up. And is it worth it? Like, that's a conversation that we've had earlier. Um, is, is it worth the four days on your feet before the Lord, praying that he, like, allows you to be aware of his presence? Because God's always around. It's us being aware of his presence. You know, is that four days worth it so that on the fifth day he shows up 
And I get it. You're a broken vase on the floor. Like, I totally get it. But the fact that you're having the struggle points out how much you really want to be on the other side of this. I do want to be on the other side of it. I think keep pursuing the Lord. I know it. Because that's what's happened in the lives of those who have opened up to me, and that's what's happened to me. I guess I... I guess I was just looking for something that maybe not, just must not fit. I don't want to say something that's wrong about the Lord, but it'd be great to be one of those, one of those, you know, leper stories where the person is so broken and literally can't get up and walk on their own, can't heal themselves. And God shows up, but no, I guess. Well, but, but, but I guess what you're saying is, I've got to do the work myself, and then God will show up. In all those leper stories, there are years and years and years and years and years of them being on the floor first, mm-hmm. them being lame, them being in a tent, scattered in the wilderness because they couldn't spread the leprosy. And so the wilderness is normal. Even Pastor Kent had a. A sermon about how the the wilderness is is something that we every believer experiences. It's a lie to think that we're not experience that they we won't experience wilderness. But we don't stay in the wilderness. You're right. And so you're comparing the last thirty seconds of the leper story to your middle. And there's the problem. No, I'm just comparing our stories. I'm not like I, I I know that the leper was a leper for a long time, and even even in even the the guy who couldn't walk at the at the the bath, you know, like was he there for like twenty years or something like that? Right, you haven't been here for twenty years. Okay, so am I supposed to like and 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 and, and that's that's where it comes from, and or that, that that's where the confusion and the frustration comes from because I. Where does it start to work? When does it? When does that show up? I think, and guys, I can be completely wrong in this. I will readily admit it. I think when you start pursuing the Lord, how much is it worth to you? Is it worth you not something that I've been saying to Mike for a year or so now? Is like if you want God to come and meet you, then why don't you give up everything until He comes and meets you? Okay, and you're unwilling to do it. It's not an unwillingness. You haven't done it. And that's why we're talking about apathy. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is our part of our conversation on apathy. It is, it is yeah. And I, it's, it's not a, you know, when we like, when Memphis is in trouble, or when Zola, I think today Zola's in trouble, and she was standing at the little, at the little house, and we're like, come here. And she's, she looks at us and then turns away and then walks away and starts crying. You know, like she's disobedient. She doesn't want to come close, you know? Right, but you know the answer. So why are you unwilling to come close? It's not that I'm unwilling to. Okay, why aren't you? I don't know. 
when and when I when I feel like when I push through, when I push, 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 push through, which is exhausting and and overwhelming. I, you know, like it's great when I do. Like I, I, I mean, I'm not like I'm not mad that I did it. I'm not. It. When I can, I do, and when I can, I try. But I literally feel broken. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I like, I don't know how to push through it. And that's, and that's what I mean when I say like something miraculous or something, you know, like that to happen would be for that just to go away. I mean, like, I'm, I mean, I, like, I, I, I've upped my, my antidepressants just to see, like, maybe that might help, you know? Well, I mean, like, you name it, gotten more sleep. What lie do you think is the bottom of your apathy? What lie? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think I don't, Jackie I don't, I don't Hill think Perry it's just said, one thing. Jackie Hill Perry said one time that in every sin and everything that puts distance between us and the Lord, that there is a lie that we are believing about God as the root. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. I know Jackie Hill Perry said it, so I'm just <laughs> Well, she's not God hurt himself, but I I do think that there is a lie that feeds the apathy. I think there's a lot of lies that feed apathy. I don't know. I mean there's a lot I mean I don't know how to fight it, and I know that doubt does trickle in, you know, from time to time. Like, maybe there's a reason why you can't have a vibrant faith. Maybe there is a reason why you're feeling the way you are, and when you do pursue it doesn't get better or the apathy doesn't go away. And, you know, like, I mean, in the Psalms, David often always said, like, you know, his fear of God turning his face away from him or, and even like him declaring that, like he wasn't even like a fear. It was like, surely Lord, you have turned your, your gaze away from me. And, you know, he felt that so many times and, Maybe that's the fear that it doesn't, or that's the lie. I don't know. Like at the end of it, maybe I don't have the favor of God or whatever you want to call it. I hate calling that word favor. It's so polluted nowadays, but. Well, I think you are absolutely chosen by God. That's a above and beyond a parent. I think <clears throat> that you 
Absolutely, because you are here on this earth. I think you are absolutely able to have a closeness and a connection with God. That's not something that he withholds from you. But I mean, but does it talk about that in scripture? Like, like do, 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 do the disciples and the apostles yeah, it talk, does about, talk about, in talk about the, that... the vibrancy of their faith? Or is this, or is, hear me out real quick. Just, am I letting a lie feed my depression and frustration that comes with my apathetic, my apathy in that? There is a level of achievement in, in faith. There is a a sense of being as a Christian, and there is a a certain sense of being and like achievement, or you know, like like it's. I mean, it's it, it's almost like the prosperity gospel, but in like. Good vibes, bro. You know, like Mike, things are. You just aren't taking God's word, taking God up on His word, and you're not doing the work of being in God's word and listening to what He is saying because you're more content in being in a fight with God than actually getting the answers. Because God's word is very clear. Paul says that all that God desires for all to know him, for all to be in the kingdom. You can't dismay that. You can't uh, dismiss that. I'm not dismissing that. So God, everyone can be in God's kingdom, but God's not going to be close to them. The very, the very uh, essence of heaven, the reason, reason that it is heaven is that we are in God's presence. So you don't get to have God's closeness here on earth, but once you die, then God's like God doesn't hide Himself to tease us. No, oh, by no means would He do, would hide Himself to so tease us. So what do you us. think that a, God's doing? Just punishing you? No, I think that 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 this is a a real issue that is because of the fall of man. No, and we are, and I, 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 I mean, I believe to to a point that. We are we are promised salvation from death and eternal death. Turn it off. I'm not allowing you to poison people's brains with that. No. Well, did you guys feel that? <laughs> uh, we stopped that recording and we didn't revisit the recording until this morning. <laughs> and uh, It's been, like it's we been, said, five weeks. Yeah, so been, yeah. it was interesting to listen to it again and be like, yeah. thanks for it. Um, <laughs> you could, I mean, I, I, maybe you couldn't feel it, but I certainly could feel it. Like the first like three minutes, I'm like, ew, <laughs> what? this just doesn't feel good. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to speak on my behalf. Um, Should I, we start with what happened immediately after we stopped? No, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I was in so much pain that I, that's all I was, I was only able to speak from my pain. And one of the downsides of speaking from your pain is that uh, you kind of lose reasoning and right. you kind of like it, 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 
it deafens you from hearing anything else and blinds you from seeing anything else, you know? Um, and I was in the midst of that, I was recording a podcast <laughs> with my wife and, mm. you know, there is some good of hearing good can come from hearing and sharing in people's pain and their suffering, you know? Um, but I was speaking on my own, my own behalf, you know, my own issues and Paige really didn't, Paige didn't want the pollution that was inside my heart to affect anybody else. And um, I just take that very seriously. Yeah, and that, like, as you should, you should. Like it caught me off guard. Believe me, I was like, whoa, 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 like what? Like I'm literally cutting open my heart and like showing you my insides. Um, but which, I also think that there's like we need to have wisdom. Oh yeah, and w- wisdom was all gone that. at that point for me because um, I was just so. And we have. I mean, it's not like our our podcast is as popular as all the podcasts out there, but we have like a small church size following of people who mm-hmm. regularly listen to each episode and I was just thinking like I can't uh, like spiritually I take it so seriously what we say to you guys and we like genuinely pray that the Lord would just use our mouths mm-hmm. before every episode that it would not be our words that it would be his words um and so I got I was already miffed for sure what, you 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 already mad? You know? What? And so then, like that happened. I was, and I mean, you heard what happened. <laughs> I don't know if you didn't hear it, you felt it. <laughs> you could literally. You're just a feeler. You like could, you could press play and then hit mute, and you could, you'd be like, "Is it getting? Is it getting tense in this room for no reason? <laughs> like, what is going? Just because it's playing." So Mike and I had an argument, like obviously right in the moment after we finished. Uh, well, we abruptly stopped recording. Um. And I, I was basing what I was saying, I was basing it off how I was feeling, but I was presenting it like it was a truth. Mm-hmm. And that is very, very dangerous and something I struggle with because, and I think we all do to some yeah, sense. I was about to, to say, to like, don't you think we kind of like, all? If, I'm, if, if you're feeling something, that feeling is telling you a truth and it's, 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 your feeling is telling you about, about something that's going on and we can misinterpret it as a truth. But really, like, even in counseling, they talk to us about, like, what I'm feeling doesn't speak truth about other people. It just speaks about how they're making me feel. Mm. And so, like, I did. I felt distant from the Lord. I felt like the Lord wasn't trying to receive me, wasn't trying to take take me in. You know, I was basing my feelings off how I was... I was basing what I was saying off my feelings, and unfortunately, I was presenting them as a truth, because to me, they were a truth, um, which... That's not true. Right. So. So we stopped and prayed. Yeah. Paige was like, no, we need to, we need to stop. Like, and I'm, I'm not one to really get on my knees and pray. I will, I will sit here and pray. I think that there's something so wildly holy about being on your knees in prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it sets a posture in your heart of God, you are so much bigger than me. And I submit. Yeah. I submit to that. I, I uh, recognize my place. I do very, very well in clear and defined boundaries in all of my life. I also like hierarchy. It, it is very helpful for me to know where I am in the chain of command. Um, and Because I, I do have a very um, bold personality. And so I need to know where are my guidelines of yeah. like, I cannot step. Yeah. And, the, you know, like I, I want to be someone who honors that. I also know that I have a personality that can get away from me. And so it's helpful for me to know, like, anyways, all of that to say, 
Putting yourself on your knees before the Lord puts you in a posture where you are recognizing fully, Lord, you are you are God of the universe. You are holy and I am not. Yeah. And I am I am submitting, I am dying to myself, I am putting my pride aside, and I um, am on my knees before you. And it the it, it there's nothing magical about it in a sense. There's nothing that like magical, no, holy, yes. Well, it's holy in that like you are humbling yourself. Right. And I think and I think that's what it is, is is like it's not some like super spiritual thing, but really it is. And I, and I think like for me, I have a struggle with, with hum- being humble mm. and pride is a huge thing for me. And so it, it takes me a minute to be like, to actually accept the fact that I should be on my knees. And it's not like, Oh, if I'm in this posture, he's going to listen better. No, it, it means that I'm forcing myself to be in a posture that I don't want to be in. I don't want to be in that posture because I'm frustrated or I'm prideful. And it's me physically, emotionally, and then spiritually humbling myself and mm. it, it makes a big difference yeah um so we got Paige challenged me to get on my knees in prayer and i'm not gonna let you kind of boss me around to do it but uh <laughs> but i needed that in that moment because i was mad and hurt and just speaking from that right so tell me like kind of walk through what happened in you because like i i was leading you through that Um, if you listen, when you listen to the podcast or what we were, what, what I was, how, how I was talking, what I was saying, um, those things needed to be said to the Lord. Wow. And so it, it, it gave me an avenue to not just say it to, into the microphone or in, at to page or just to feel it internally, but to tell her or to tell, to tell God, um, what I was feeling and what was going on inside me. And, you know, I, I feel like he listened. And I'm learning now that there is, um, there's more spiritual oppression for those who believe in Jesus than I think we're willing to accept. Well, you know, guys, how I feel on this one, that I for sure thought it was a demonic attack. It had all the markers of a demonic attack. And so we prayed against that, the attack of the enemy. Mm-hmm. We prayed against um, evil trying to have its way and that the Lord would open Mike's eyes for Mike to see very clearly what was happening. Yeah. And and I could see. And I could see that... Um, I was just sitting in my dirty piss pants and, <laughs> and the, the things that I said were true when it comes to the struggle of apathy. Right. Cause that is very clearly like what you were feeling in that time. Like yeah. You, you just said a couple of minutes ago, like you cannot see beyond yourself. Yeah. Like I know that I should wake up 15 minutes earlier and just spend five minutes in, in scripture or on the way to work, I should listen to worship or have nothing on and pray and spend that 10, 15, 30, 45 minutes in prayer. Um, I know that on my lunch break, I should take time to pray for my coworkers and do these things. Like I know these things are true and I know that we beneficial, but like 
you ever t- you ever t- you ever found batteries in the drawer because you're looking to put batteries in something and you put the batteries inside that thing and the thing still doesn't work and you and right. the batteries are dead. Right. And that's what it was. Right. Is the batteries were dead. That's good. There was no matter what drawer I opened and tried to put something new, it was I there was no, no energy inside me. And there was it what it felt like and one of the things about being married to Paige is she is such an extrovert and she is always go, go, go. And she's so amped constantly. Like she can pull herself out of a mud mud puddle, just like the stamp of her fingers, it feels like. And so it feels like, and which is not true. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm speaking my feelings. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I but, agree. But it's like, if I'm, if I'm, if I pull those batteries back out of that remote and I'm like, guys, just fix yourself, like get dedicated like make the change and th- that's impossible. Like th- they can't do it, but I'm not a battery. I'm yeah. not, I'm not the, the issue was not that the issue is that, that I, I, that we can't do it, that we yeah. really need to like, it, it's a humbling of ourselves and asking God to please do it and please do it and please do it until he shows up. I, um, I struggle with grace not in a, um, like, my gosh, I love a good sinner. You know what I mean? Like, I I, um, I have no problem loving people in general. Like, I really do enjoy people. I love them where they're at. What I struggle with is when people stay where they're at. I struggle to have grace there. I struggle when they know what they should do. And this is in general, in youth ministry, in, you know, my small group, in uh, my marriage. Like, I I struggle when, you know, there's only so many times that you can say, (laughs) ooh, okay. So there's only time, in my humanity, there's only so many times that I can say the same answer. And what I just felt like the Spirit was telling me is like, what do you think the Lord feels? You know, the Lord is walking with us, continually telling us where we should go. And sometimes we do like to sit in our dirty piss pants. Um, and so the the goal is to always be like Jesus, right? Like that is the end goal. And so what do we do? How do we reconcile that? How do I become more like Jesus? In, in sticking with people in kindness and in love when they aren't in movement in the way that I think the Lord or they think that the Lord is moving them to go. Mm. I think that's the question. Yeah. I don't have an answer, friends. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just throwing out questions. Um, and, 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 and I want to reiterate, iterate, tell, say. I'm not good with words. So, um, <laughs> I am God of podcast. But... Mm. The, the depression and apathy and melancholy and all the bad feelings have been an issue for my entire life. I've, I've struggled in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out with them. Um, you know, and I've been on medication now for 12 years, 13 years. And it's made a huge difference. But like, what I'm not saying is that it's easy. And I'm not saying that I'll never feel that way again. Um, so to, to, to kind of loop back, you know, we prayed over that. We prayed to the Lord. Um, we humbled ourselves and that feeling of apathy, the feeling of apathy went 
started to vanish, started to, to go away. Um, doesn't mean it wasn't still there. Like, cause it's, it's still, it's still a struggle, you know, right. like the, the, the feeling of apathy and like, like, yeah, I, I think I know the what battle I continues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where we're at now of like what to do and how to continue to fight this. So that way I don't find myself in that hole again, you know? And one of the things I didn't do was I didn't ask for help out of the hole. Mm. And it took, it took us arguing over a, <laughs> over a podcast, over an episode of this podcast for there to be help. And not that Paige wasn't willing to help. She's always willing to help. But like with me and my pride, I'm like, you know, I feel like I have to figure this out. And I never asked her for help to pray over me, to help me out of this. And she tried help. She offered help constantly. She was constantly giving me information and encouragement and like, you know, why don't we do this? Like, you know, why don't we turn off the TV and let's, you know, read some scripture, listen to worship. And um, out of my hurt, I just fought it. Right. I think what I've seen since we've had that moment in prayer is there's a willingness on your behalf that wasn't there before. Um. So like I said, that was five weeks ago. And uh, in the next two episodes, we're going to be talking about what's happened in our life since then. There's just been like exponential amounts of growth. And um, it's almost like wild to me to, to look back and see that. Um, I think the Lord... Man, the Lord is on the move for sure. Um, something I've been praying in our lives is for revival. I want so clearly for revival. Like I'm done being stagnant. And even like, even exuberant um, feels like being stagnant right now. Like I want, mm. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. And no, anything short of that won't meet the mark. Yeah. Um, and so it's been really wild and I'm excited to share with you guys what the last couple of weeks has lo- have looked like. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to close out this episode hopeful. <laughs> like You can. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Listen. No, 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 <laughs> and there's our personalities. <laughs> uh, well, okay. No, I, you know what? I scratched that. I do want to end it hopeful, but I want to end it hopeful in, in a in a realistic way, right? And not, a, not and, and here's the thing, pessimism is I I am a like Mike Guzman pessimist. Like if if I was a if I had my PhD, it'd be in pessimism. He's branch, and so hear me. We're gonna end this hopeful, but I also want you to know this is coming from a someone who is pessimistic. Um, apathy. Guys, it feels like chaos. <clears throat> and when you're trying to navigate chaos, it feels almost impossible because all it does, it feels like more chaos. So if if you or someone you love or know is struggling with apathy, I'm, I'm not telling you like, guys, just get on your knees and pray and it's gone and bada boom, bada bing and everything's better because it's not because it's, I'm still navigating this. Um, but there is hope. Mm-hmm. And there is relief because let me tell you, when apathy leaves or when you push out apathy or let me, when you push through the apathy, then you, you start to feel relief almost instantly. Wow. And there is, there is relief. 
And it may not be five minutes from now. It may not be an hour from now. It may not be 10 days from now. Um, But if you're apathetic, claim it. Acknowledge acknowledge it for what it is. And then try to and continue to try to move on. And some days, some days it's going to be pure chaos. Some days you'll, you'll gain an inch and next day you'll go back 10 feet, but like the keep trying. And then I would encourage you to, to get on your knees and pray. And guys, if, if you do that, I, I just, just speaking from my experience, I'm not going to tell you this is like gospel truth, but it kind of is <laughs> that God, God will meet you even in your apathy and chances are he's already there with you in your apathy. Mm-hmm. It's just. Navigating that chaos makes it hard to see them. Right. Um, Friends, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I just want to say the next couple I am so thrilled to share with you. So um, hold on. (laughs) This is for me who always loves a good ending. A good (laughs) podcast episodes like these are really hard for me. But just hold on because what we have to share is just so dang good. This is laugh. So you don't cry. (laughs) 